click, 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 click. The click track is on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to <laughs> the Why Aren't You Famous podcast. Alan Cherry is on methamphetamines, ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm not. You're on drugs. I'm not on drugs. You're on drugs. I'm on. I'm on the one drug that I, um, I do like to have every day: caffeine. Good morning. You're barely a coffee drinker. I'm barely a coffee drinker. I'm not as dedicated to it as you are. Yep. How much coffee do you think you drink a day? A, a pot? A pot and a half. Wow. Sometimes two pots. Do you have just like a little gerbil heart? Is it like... <laughs> That's the name of my next record. My gerbil heart. Because I got a gerbil heart. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yes, it's uh, succinctly... Uh, Sums up the the sound of the record I'm going for. <laughs> You're like, oh man, Paul Westerberg, what a great musician, a great writer. I got a gerbil heart. Got a. That was the first lyric that he had for that. Na 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 Do I date you? Do I put you in a treadmill? Do I run around with? I don't even know. Okay, we've drifted off course. We have. We didn't even start on course. We did not. You're out of control. Yes. You're a loose cannon. <laughs> You're a loose podcast cannon. So despite a government shutdown, we oh, are yeah. at work. We're at work today. Those, those stupid Democrats. I hate them so much. <laughs> I feel I do want to, if anyone, any government workers are now able to listen to our podcast because they have been furloughed, I, I do feel for you and hope that you are able to return to work soon because I think there are a lot of vital jobs and yes. it's important for the economy. Um, and I'm disappointed that there's a government shutdown because the first, you know, like all these... People think that there's not necessary services that get cut, but there's a lot of stuff that gets cut that's very important. And the last time the government shut down in 2013, mm-hmm. um, it the way that I experienced it, and not that this was some huge tragedy, but it was disappointing, is that um, my parents had come up to visit me from Texas to witness the beauty of the National Wildlife Refuge at Chincoteague on Azateague Island. No. So the night before the government shutdown, we walked on the beach and had this nice sunset. And I was just like, this is going to be great tomorrow. It's, it's not very, it's October. It's going to be beautiful. And there's not going to be that many people here. Next day, government shutdown. Couldn't go to Azateague Island. And and all because of a Texan named Ted Cruz. Yeah. Yep. Take that. And by the way, uh, <clears throat> wireless radio listeners, uh, Ellen Cherry is uh, from Texas. I'm from the state of Texas, the country of Texas. But I did not elect that fool. Ooh, I did not elect, tough words. I did not elect that fool. Tough words. Is he still alive? <laughs> I haven't heard from Ted Cruz recently. <laughs> He's still alive. Oh! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow, oh, that was damn, mean. Damn, girl. Wait, can we delete that? Damn, girl. No. I'm going to put some reverb on it. No, Tight, that's mean. It up. No, I actually do want you to take that out. No, well, we'll see what happens. Okay. I'm from Texas. <laughs> Is Ted Cruz still alive? <laughs> Don't say it again. And you say yes. Yes, yes. That's great. I'm glad he's still alive. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't really mean that. That totally slipped out and it was from a very dark place. Mm. And I apologize because that's not a nice thing to say. <sighs> Do you, do you forgive me? <laughs> oh, I don't care. You know, I, I I have to have some modicum of care if I'm going to be able to forgive somebody. Like you, you have to give me so you have to give me something that I don't want in order for me to forgive you for it. 
And um, that's just you, a mean. It's you just gave me something thing. I don't really care about. I know, but it's just a mean thing to say. It, it is a mean thing to say, but I apologize. Okay, well, Ted Cruz accepts your apology. Thanks. Thanks, Ted. <laughs> Ted Cruz's proxy. And he takes away your your Medicaid. <laughs> I accept your apology, and in lieu of your apology, I'll take away your Medicare. <laughs> I think we should start over. <laughs> nope, we're we're going, girl. Oh. I, I, that my uh, my Logic Pro does not stop and rewind. <laughs> dang, unfortunately, dang, dang, I can only bleep out heartless comments. I know that was heartless. I'm not really that way. <laughs> well, that's what happens. That's you know that's the price of fame, Ellen Cherry. I guess it's it's your sense of uh, empathy. And Gets emotional, removed, yeah. yeah. You 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 no longer are a part of the human collective. You've become larger and better and greater, and you know you're you're right, you're above it. But how? But how did that happen to just little old me with no fame? I don't know. I, don't I think know. it's because I've had a little bit of psychological damage recently. That could be. So could I, be. some psychological and emotional emotional shell shock. Yeah. So I apologize one final time. Oh God. For saying that it was, it was not intentional. Put it in a record, would you? Okay. Okay. So we're talking about the price of fame the today. The price of fame. Yeah. How 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 is um, how is fame? You know, your your own personal sense of fame, Ellen Cherry. What what what? At what cost is that to you? <laughs> I don't have. I'm not famous. No. Because the savings. Oh. <laughs> the savings. <laughs> the savings. I've, I've saved so much money in my, in my pursuit of fame. I don't know if people know this, that when you're at our level of fame, people, people occasionally... There's um, a level? Yeah, there's a level of fame. Ooh. I feel like what happens is that people ask you out for coffee a lot. Ugh. Do they? And then sometimes they actually buy the coffee for you. So there's savings. Like you save... Hmm. Depending on which coffee shop you go to, you can save like two or three bucks. Well, someone's always willing to buy you a, a drink at a show. Yeah, but I don't drink, so yeah. at shows especially. I mean, I drink sometimes, but I don't drink at shows. Hmm. That demon alcohol. <laughs> demon alcohol. Yeah. Sweet, sweet, delicious demon alcohol. <laughs> poison. It's a poison, it's actually. It's not a poison. It's, it has nutrients and vitamins. And <clears throat> it's no, good for you. I actually, I think that alcohol um, can be a fun thing if you um, can enjoy it, if it's enjoyable. I sometimes enjoy alcohol. I'm not a teetotaler. Oh, very yeah. good. But I, um, I, yeah, anyway, I don't want to talk about alcohol. Right. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, no, fame, uh, the price of fame does not impact either of us. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, there's nowhere near, no, we're nowhere near the realm of, of fame. Yeah. So okay, well, it was okay. Good. See I'm you glad, later. Glad you guys listened to the podcast. I'll start the. Uh, I'll, I'll cue up the uh, outro mix, and we'll be out of here. That's um, it. We've discussed it. Yeah, we have, we have discussed it. Um, okay, so my perception of the price of fame is that, mm-hmm. um, in my adult years, I would say the last twenty to twenty five years, what fame has looked like to me and what it has cost is that there there's this. Um, very uh, mythological story where the person is experiencing, you know, a meteoric rise to uh-huh. fame. Right. And then they're, you know, praised and um, experiencing financial success and mm-hmm. adoration and getting more and more exposure. And then that got even more souped up during the Internet as, as the Internet sure. became mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> popular, usable existing i don't know ubiquitous ubiquitous yes i love Permeating. that one. yes um and then 
there was this, you know, it's a very familiar story of like how much we love to lift people up and then break them down oh, insidiously. Yeah. And then what happens is the breakdowns have been so spectacular. I mean, like to watch somebody be in true psychological distress and shave their head, you oh, know, yeah, for, papar- yeah, for yeah, paparazzi, like to know that that was like, a- and then Sinead O'Connor, like oh, yeah. she, I don't even know what's going on with her, but for the last couple of years, she has had estrangement from her family. She's had very public struggles with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And then even to the point of being in a hotel room in New Jersey a couple months ago and like putting it out on Facebook, which you think she's a famous person. Surely she has a manager who's checking in on her every day. <laughs> there's, there's, there's several levels of you know, like people the, who are there to help her. Yeah, and you would think that, but how then you realize like, no, she seems really, really terribly isolated and right. in crisis, and is, and is, bravely, showing all of us the you know the nasty underbelly of like it doesn't matter that she was famous and is sure. still famous and considered you know an amazing artist. Um, she's suffering, and that just seems like a huge price to pay for it. Which is funny because you and I were also talking about. Bojack Horseman, yeah, and and what a interesting cross section or you know dissection of of you know fame and um, you know glory days as well that kind of glory days effect that happens with people, but just like how empty and and dare I say lonely and aimless all, his yeah. his life seems yeah. yeah. If you're not familiar with the series, it's an animated series that you can watch on Netflix, and the premise is that. The main character was um, on a hit show in the 90s that ran for nine seasons, was very popular but sort of fluffy about... Um, a horse raising two children. Three, 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 three kids, three yeah, children. three yeah. orphans, and um, their shenanigans, and mm-hmm. um, and then became very wealthy off of it and then didn't really do much after that. And th- he reveals the interim period of 15 or 20 years of what... Yeah, how lonely he is. Like, he's a really deeply lonely person. And the season that I'm watching now is he's going to a really dark place where you can see that um, he's just making one bad decision after another. And the people that would normally um, rescue him from that, rescue him from his own bad decision making, have started to realize, like, they don't want to go down with the ship. Like, they're not going to be drowned by him. And one of them even says that, like, you're a drowning person and... I got to get out of here. And mm-hmm. he ends up with, um, you know, another actress in his old show who's even more um, susceptible to that than yeah. he is. Kind of like the Lindsay Lohan type of. Yeah. Yeah. Deal. I mean, there, I've, to watch it from the outside, from truly to watch this, watch fame from the outside, which I feel like a lot of us are doing. Um, and because you and I are not pursuing that, we're just trying to pursue beauty through music and, and describing our emotions and being creators and not that famous people don't do that. Um, there's, it just looks littered with just like, oof. Mm-hmm. you get, I mean, and maybe that's my cynical view because there's, I don't know, the morning show is full of happy peppy people who are, um, famous and with, seem to be handling it well, you know, dilated eyes and, <laughs> Well, it re- reminds me of uh, we were just and we were you know we opened the show talking about Paul Westerberg, mm-hmm. and uh, on the last um, replacements record, all shook down the the title track. He says, um, 
praises they sing, the register rings. Um, uh, they praise us drunk, say we're starting to drown. And then later in the song, he changes it to praises they sing, shake my hand as I drown. And it's like, you know, you have that kind of like, you know, the, the shift of the, the third person to the first person type of thing. And like, no matter all this, the, all the, all the money or the, 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 the praise that you get, it doesn't change the fact that you're still gulping water. Yeah. <laughs> you're still sinking like a stone to the stone to the bottom of the ocean. Oh, you know, my cousin Donnie. No. He went to Asian City no, Launching and all. No, 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 no. We're okay. not going down there. Oh, come on. No, we're not going down the ocean hole. No. Get some yay, baby. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm not able to see. Hmm. What aren't you able to see? The, the we're, positive we're getting, aspects we're of it. Into the gritty, gritty I'm out. Of it, I'm out. I don't even want to. I can tell you. I can tell you the I'm answer. Out. I can tell you the answer right now. Why I'm not famous? Because that looks terrible and it does. scary. It's awful. Um, because and I also feel like you. Um, I tend to be, not tend to be. One of my challenges is that I am working on being more psychologically resistant to things that are not mine. <laughs> to carry. It's a long-winded way. <laughs> To say that I am staying in my own lane, trying to mind my business, work on myself. Yes, you are. I am. I am. I, yeah, you are. Yes, yes. I am. I, yeah. And I, I believe you. I think that when I look at um, what it would require, like the fortitude that it would require to be a famous person, I oh just think, I don't think that I'm constructed no. for it. No, we're not built. We're not built for fame. No. No, and and no no human being actually is. Yeah. You know, that's why they struggle. Yeah. I mean, and and that then that becomes part of the narrative, and that and that narrative is really strong within our culture. Yeah. And then it's like I was like I always like you know it's like oh whatever happened to that person I always liked them well you don't even know them yeah but like well I read that they were, they were having trouble with this and you know they're really gonna break through on their next project or whatever I'm like oh, how awful it must be to for everyone to know that and then like to, I, I don't know I'm and also to it, well to also talk about um how you recover from a fall mm-hmm. how do you do that and this idea that well i just did it by myself is not true no mm-hmm. you have a you have a team of people that are helping you um recover and I, I applied people that are honest about it and open about it and say i had to go to psychological therapy i had to you know, get physically healthy. I had to step away from, um, I had to trust my, ma- you know, get a manager that I could really trust that was looking out for my best personal interests, not necessarily the bottom line interest. Right. And Which is hard to do if you're in that industry because everyone's, I mean, you're a meal ticket to, to people. And like in the BoJack Horseman show, yeah. um, his long-standing agent and friend, oh, Princess Carolyn, Princess Carolyn um, <laughs> is, she gets to the point where she's just like, you know, she. You knew. Stop. <laughs> I know I say that a lot. Everybody does. Um, In Baltimore. <laughs> you knew. You knew. She has to like really not step into that mess right. and protect herself because she's done it time and time and right. time again. It right. gets used up. And his his scampy little friend there, Todd, scampy. who I love, he's a little scamp. Okay. He's a little scamp. He's I don't a little, know you could call him scampy. He's though. a waif. He's a scamp. He's not a waif. He's like, can, I, can men is wave a, uh, a gender neutral term? I don't know. I don't think it is. Maybe it is. It's probably gonna shift now, but 
Because we said it. Because we said it, yeah. That's right. Um, how would you describe Todd's character? He's a... Because he's not a hanger-on. He actually does something. He's Bojack's friend, and he's... Um, I love his character well, because and he's and super... Ca- his character's evolved. Yeah. You know I mean? Or at least been revealed. Um, yeah. There's, a, there's been a Todd gender reveal. <laughs> um, but... Uh, oh, yeah. That's, I just thought of something funny to say on stage. Um I'll talk it away. But not here. <laughs> no, it would be funny if I said it here. Um, I'll talk about it later. Okay. Um, but uh, the, uh, yeah, the way he, he kind of like comes off as this kind of, he starts off being this kind of stoner entourage hanger on kind of guy yeah. to begin with. But he also has these awful ideas. But what's really great and what I really like about Todd is like, well, he has a plan. And he executes it. And he executes it. <laughs> You know, even if they're the worst plans ever. And, you know, when he works with the character, Mr. Peanut Butter, (laughs) Mr. Peanut Butter's like, agent's like, no, we cannot do it. He's like, what's a great idea? He's like, this is a great idea. I'm going to buy all the strainers, spaghetti strainers I can. And they start the car sharing service that's to make women feel safe. And then they end up doing it just like it's a gentleman's club in a car, basically. (laughs) Ends up devolving, which I feel like is more a commentary on how good things get easily corrupted yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well have you thought of uh have you gotten to the part because i I've, I've finished so all the seasons so far yeah. but uh the thoughts and prayers no okay yeah that's really it's a really great thing i, that, I hate I, that phrase thoughts and well there no, give it a give it give it a view okay it'll be it'll be good all right we should play some essays Whew. Oh, that was that was a lot <laughs> where are we on this oh we're at we're at the 17 We're good. Plus, minutes. we have to edit out a little bit of the beginning. So I'm not editing anything. Really? I'm in control. Or or do you trust me as your friend? I do trust you. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Oh, you can hear that too. Can I can. Okay. Who's going first today? Um, I, I can go. I think you went first last time, I think. I'm happy to play mine first. Okay. I, I don't do know. yours first. Okay. I don't remember what I wrote. <laughs> I remember. I listened to the first five seconds. Okay. I can't believe I said that. I remember hearing Amy Winehouse on the radio around 2007, and the first song of hers I remember hearing was Back to Black. A rich and deep voice, snagged and throaty, singing about the loss of love and affection with a sense of acceptance, but also with regret and pain and anger. She seemed to be singing precisely what lonely felt like. I bought her album, which had many hit songs and seemed a masterpiece to me. Her sound was both familiar and innovative. She mashed classic sentiments with current slang effortlessly, and she had incredible control over her main instrument, her voice. I knew what the tabloids told me about her, that she was too skinny, frequently trashed out on drugs and alcohol, a party girl who could barely stand up long enough to make it to awards shows. On the newsstands in the grocery store, I would see pictures of her with her thick eyeliner smeared, stumbling shoeless down a dirty side street with her bra exposed. Online, an image search shows the opposite. When she was healthy, in control and on stage, with her beehive high atop her head and her beautiful strong jaw and pouty lips, powerful and in command of a full band. Yet the general impression I had was as she was more usually presented, a royal fuck-up, dripping with talent that would likely get wasted because she would surely meet an early demise. Only two of those things proved to be actually true. 
Amy Winehouse was dripping with talent, and she did die at only 27 years old, her heart failing due to the abuse of a drug that's legal, alcohol. But she wasn't a fuck-up like I had been shown over and over. I was quickly disabused of this notion even further when I watched the intimate portrait of the artist as a young woman in the 2015 documentary about her called Amy. In it, we are asked to watch as a young woman with incredible songwriting ability, a deep and creative spirit, and drive and passion for music recording and performance is basically put through the ringer. Yes, she had friends who were alongside her and music compatriots who further brought her words and melodies to fullness. Even with all of this swirling around her, I couldn't help but feel that Amy must have also been very, very lonely. I'm not the first to notice that her father, even after her death, was always looking to exploit his daughter's talent to his own gain. It's obvious that Amy worked hard and had immense talent, even from an early age. It surprised me what a talented and natural guitar player she was. So often, singers with voices like hers are rarely shown as multi-instrumentalists, as if it would be confusing to see that much talent in one person. It's also obvious that Amy had some real issues she needed to address, likely an eating disorder and a tendency for substance abuse, and that it seemed rare, according to this documentary, that there were people around her that cared enough about the long-term damage these issues might cause to actually step in and assist her. There were definitely plenty of people, including her father, who were very excited about how quickly she became famous. She was really, really talented, and she was really, really famous, and all of that happened in the span of less than 10 years. It seemed so fast to me, and it must have seemed light speed to her. She died alone in her bed in 2011, and on her website, the official brochure of her life and what she produced, the last update was made over five years ago. That's a happy tale. <laughs> it's, a, it's a super happy tale. <laughs> yeah, man. Amy Winehouse. You know, I I didn't watch that documentary. I, I should probably watch it at some point. It's very good. Um, it shows you. I thought they did a really good job of showing her, like how just how talented she was. Right. Like I didn't even know. I thought of her as like you know, like you do a a, a lot of pop singers where they're a product of. A, a lot of people working right, on it but right. she really yeah she really i mean she was a, a strong writer a good guitar player mm -hmm. understood music knew her voice had such an interesting and powerful voice i thought you know i realized that she was you know people might have said that she was aping a sound or maybe a little bit reductive but i don't think so i thought it was really just <clears throat> like an a singular right. voice you know well and that's hard to it's hard to um, to, I think it's very, very difficult to support the argument that somebody is doing something intentionally if you're not that person themselves. Yeah. You know, like, we don't know what she was doing or, you know, yeah. she was like, you know what, I'm going to rip this sound off and I'm going to make it, you know, well, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it's like, there, there's, there's the, the dismissive nature of, I, I guess, self-importance. <laughs> like, I mean, I know I've ripped on on people in bands and stuff like that. And I, I know. And, well, and also she was so young in those two albums. You know, right. like that's sort of when you're figuring out what you're, how you're presenting your. Yeah, I mean, there's no telling what what she could have done. Exactly, and that, that to me is like the price of what, the price that we all paid for her fame. Right. Is the fact that you don't get to see 
what she could have done. Right, right. You know, now being 35 or however old she would be now with right. more experience and having possibly gone through, you know, being sober and, and in recovery and what that might have revealed to her right. and her songwriting. Because um, she had a really keen and direct way and modern way of speaking that I appreciate. There was, mm-hmm. in Back to Black, she says some lines that I would have not been bold enough to say like she sure. refers to I think the second line of the lyric is something about getting his dick wet and it's like I wouldn't say that that's you know like that's <laughs> that's too explicit for me you know right. but she presents it and I'm just like she is speaking in a parlance that is of her age right. group and I don't know I'm, I'm she made it poetic in a way um mm-hmm. anyway but yeah that that's the price I feel that we paid and the price that she personally paid is that she didn't get to experience life beyond the age of 27 which there's a lot to be oh, revealed boy, you know there's so much well <laughs> yeah like she's just at the beginning of it let me, let me think of myself at 27 Whew, i was an idiot yeah i didn't know anything and also like her the the price that she was paying through that whole process <clears throat> that um may not have even felt like she was paying any price she may have just been stumbling through her you know tendency towards substance abuse and having body well, dysmorphia and I don't, I don't, it just looked like a really well, hard then, road to, and then, to walk. And then being on display and, and not asking for that. I mean, nobody really asks for a tabloid to like take a picture of you at your worst. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, thanks guys. Well, you know, you asked for it. It's like, well, yeah, but you could be nice. Yeah. Maybe, maybe let's, let's be a little bit more human about the situation and be cool. Yeah. You know, rather than, you know, thinking that this is, you know, clickbait or this is what's going to be, you know, this is what's going to pay your, your rent for the month is somebody else's misery that I've, you, you capture a moment of or yeah. people at their worst. And the, yeah. So, and, and they balance that with the, with them at their best. Yes. So that's the thing we started talking about, like the building up and then the beautiful destruction and like how mm-hmm. much more money it also makes when you know that that star is eventually going to plummet and what you're just saying also made me think about the power of photography and the um dave chappelle in his last i think it's in his third special equanimity he talks about the bravery of emmett till's mother Mm -hmm. to have her the the picture of her son's um casket published across national media um i don't know the year of this but i think it was the late 50s and it's like that seeing so a public exposition of somebody's most devastating terrible pain with the for the purpose of pushing the civil rights movement forward but what is the same medium as being used to to basically shame somebody at right. at their worst moment you right. know like this this picture of um a drug addicted young woman you know with her bra exposed and looking terrible and like how must that have felt and 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 also the mental fortitude that you would have to to do just to ignore all that right. you know how many celebrities do you um hear or say like i never google myself or i don't sure. i'm not on social media because i have no i do not want to read the comments yeah. about the movie i made or the fact that i was out eating you know like at a restaurant and had a stain on my sweater or whatever you know right, like right. that kind of thing it's it's because that idea of like, you know, well, we need to make sure, I, I know that we look at you as being perfect, but let's make sure that you're not. Yeah. You know, and, and 
it's a self-hating thing too yeah it's like well and that's and 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 you throw in that whole layer of internet trolls you know i mean just the people who say just like awful 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 things online it's like oh my goodness like and and the self-satisfaction i think that those those types of posts show that somebody's like well you know you you just suck you know because you're you're fucking stupid. Yeah, or ugly like, or fat like, or whatever. Well, yeah, I get that. Um, you know, since since we're never going to meet, I guess I can wish cancer on you. Right. You know, well, because if it doesn't matter, you know, if it doesn't, if 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 you can say that because you know you'll never meet this person, then I, I guess that makes it. It's I'm. It's okay for me to wish you the worst I can ever wish on you, which of course it doesn't. Yeah. And you have that. Recently, that Sarah Silverman thing where she was attacked by, you know, a troll on Twitter. Yeah. And, you know, the story might be sensationalized a little bit, probably a bit more or whatever. But for her to do that, I thought that was an interesting kind of like, I don't know if she can keep that. It makes me want to go insult her because then maybe (laughs) she'll she'll buy me a new van. She'll be kind to you. (laughs) but, But, of course, which is ridiculous, but... <clears throat> she just acted like a caring human being to right. that person who was being a real jerk to her. Right. You know, this is a, a famous person who is bothering to respond. She doesn't have to respond. She doesn't have to respond. To and she has she she has the faculties around her enough to to tear him down. Yeah. I mean, like Sarah Silverman's pretty smart. Yeah. And she's pretty quick, and she's pretty she's pretty acerbic. Yeah. <laughs> I would not fuck with her. <laughs> and. And but she did, and she. You know, I mean, this is a complete kindness. And then there was another article with her talking about how she went out and talked to Trump Trump voters. Yeah, and she's in her like, show, I, I saw that. I one. love yeah. them. Yeah, you know, it's as crazy as it seems. I, I, you know, I, I get it. You know, well, so whatever. But also, like, think about how. Okay, so I don't know Sarah Silverman, even though I follow her on, um, <laughs> what is it, Instagram. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, oh, yeah. How many Instagram followers do you have now? I don't know. Listeners, um, Grim and I have been... All friendly competition. Friendly competition. Um, he, when we play, I played, I jumped on his gig on Thursday and we were sitting at the bar hanging out and all of a sudden he was getting all these new Instagram followers. So you should follow him at June Star Band on Instagram. Yeah. Mine is at Mala Petitza, which is spelled, you do a little at symbol. M A L A P T I C A. Yep, mine's June Star Band. I said that. At June Star Band. I did say that. I, I'm repeating it twice, three times, because I want more people to come to my okay. Instagram. So He's trying to, to catch up. I'm at like 573, I think, and you're at. I'm at 353. Come on, listeners, keep me ahead. Come on, come on, keep me ahead. Don't do it. Don't keep do me it. Ahead. Dropper. Keep dropper. <laughs> dropper. So, yeah, what does Sarah Silverman have to. She. If I were her in that moment, my baser instincts would be to respond immediately but she is you know either through her own experience or her feeling of comfort and security she took a moment Mm -hmm. and stepped back and thought how can I respond to this person as if they are in crisis I'm going to respond to this person as if they are in crisis I'm not I'm going to be healthily detached from them but I'm going to you know, respond in a loving, kind way and offer assistance mm-hmm. or in the form of not attacking. Right. And 
that to me is one of those like I mean, you and I both grew up with our entire adulthoods are, you know, now being like watching the internet just mm. grow and change. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it was like friendlier at the beginning, because I don't think that that's the case. It's just that like, it's just fascinating that the, the emphasis is, um, is on the negativity and on, I don't know. Right. Not the positivity. Yeah, maybe I'm just reading the wrong web websites, and maybe it's already like feeding into a, a sort of a cynical mindset that I already yeah, have. Yeah, spending all that time at DebbieDowner.com. <laughs> yes. Wah, wah, wah. Everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Need to go to GoodNews.com. <laughs> GoodNews.com. Yes. I'm gonna have to look up these websites and make sure they're not like. <laughs> uh huh. WhiteHouse.com. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Don't go to whitehouse.com, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, go to whitehouse.com. No. I, I own a 15% share. <laughs> no. anyway. Should we listen to your essay? Okay. I think it's already started playing. Yeah, well, well don't worry about that. I'll take care of it. Okay, good. Right. Sorry, dead quiz. I usually write these essays in the morning, sitting in my first floor studio, an open space connected to the kitchen with windows facing east, just over the tip of a garage, across the way from the alley, the sun rises, and typically the colors of the sky slur from dark gray to orange to blue. This natural routine, along with some hot coffee, signals to me that it is time to get busy. The price of anything is the most precious and most irreplaceable agent in our lives, time. Human lives are finite, Decades, years, months, fortnights, weeks, days, hours, minutes, and seconds. The unspoken, unseen master clock marks a countdown to expiration that we can only predict when it becomes apparent that the end is nigh. And despite this truth, we tend to spend our time on jobs, people, and emotions like we have indefinite access to infinity. We are convinced that our success is somehow connected to a combination of material successes and mainstream status achievement. I'll work a job I hate for 30 years to get my retirement. And then I'll really start living. And now it's even worse. Like compounded interest, the advent of social media and online connectivity buries us in a sea of emotional debt we'll never pay off. This lifestyle choice is horrible. And maybe the word we should use is death style. Of course, when we are young and obnoxiously naive, our vision is solely toward the horizon of the possibilities of the next sunrise without regard to age. However, as we get older, we become acutely aware that somehow, inexplicably, that sun is no longer rising. It's setting. This is not to say I'm fatalistic and we should all just go ahead and kill ourselves and get it over with. Nothing can be as inspiring as a deadline. Think about that term, deadline. Time's up. Finito, brah. The trick is when someone becomes aware that there is a deadline. And when that realization is acknowledged, your time becomes an important commodity to be valued and described as precious and not something to be wasted. 
When I bought my first really upscale guitar, the salesman said that if I humidified it and took good care of it, the guitar would certainly outlive me. Of course, I was 22 at the time, and the horizon was broad with possibility, but those words resonated and settled into my young subconscious. I had invested money in a tool to help me pursue a craft or an art. And in the same vein, I understood that I also needed to invest my time punctuated by the truth that I could make more money. I cannot make more time. It's time to get busy before that sun sets. Hmm. Hmm. Sunrise. Sunset. Mm-hmm. Sunrise. Sunset. Yep. I got to get going. I have some stuff I need to do today. <laughs> so I can't be sitting here talking to you about this shit. Yeah, I hear um, you. No, that is a good reminder. Um, and the, I definitely see how obsession with fame and even being a famous person is an even bigger time suck. Because yeah. it's a time suck away from something that is very finite. Yeah. Um, but we do not think that way. We do not think in terms of finite life cycles. And it's interesting because I think that there's, um, I read a really cool article right after my car wreck, maybe about a year after, about this guy who had had a, a kidney disease or some kind of serious health emergency. And he said, you know, there's that, it lasts about a year. And you're in this, when it gets fixed, you're in this wonderful mode of if you're, if you're able to, a lot of people experience this just like life is great and precious and every moment is this euphoria about you survived and you're still alive. And he said, but then you eventually go back into your default personality. And he's like, for me, it's cynical and depressive. And I, and and I was even more depressed because I thought what's wrong with me that I didn't stay in this positive life affirming place after I survived this thing. And it's, I, yeah, I mean, we are who we are, right? You may default towards that. I definitely experienced that too for the first six to eight months after the car wreck where I just thought, I'm just so glad I didn't die. Mm-hmm. And I have the task at hand, which is to heal, to try to get better, play music again, drive again, try to achieve, figure out what the new normal is going to be. And you are sort of positive and the source of like, right. I'm, you're relaxed and calm, but then all of a sudden you go back into this mode of... Um, it, it uh, for me it was a simultaneous feeling of like life is short and also I don't care because yeah, right. nothing matters it was very nihilistic to me sure, um, sure. and I couldn't and I'm still in that phase of trying to figure out like well what is the point and what am I supposed to be doing and what do I feel like I'm supposed to be doing because I don't have any external pressures right. I don't have children I don't have a spouse I don't have um, I'm really just responsible for myself and I don't have a record label right. or any external pressure for creative output. The only thing is like, do I want to continue to do it? And, and, and that's not even true now because what the thing I'm trying to figure out is like, how do I make money off of the thing that I can provide that people still want, which is live performance. Right. Um, but back to your essay, <laughs> <laughs> the idea of the deadline, yeah, um, the deadline and the time, man, the thing is that we don't know what the deadline is. And that's, um, when you start to really telescope out of it, you're starting to realize that like all of our motions, all of our little dreams and activities are just us trying to pretend that we know what the deadline is. <laughs> right. <laughs> I did a financial planning thing, um, a couple months ago 
And he was like, well, let's assume you live to 96. And I was like, woohoo, 96. So far away. He's like, your money's going to run out probably about 25 years before that. And I was like, okay, that's not good. I don't want to spend the last 25 years of my life when I may not be in as good a health as I am now. Right. Like totally poverty stricken. How do I avoid that? I'll start thinking about it now, which is a smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. But the idea of the grace of having another, you know, 54 years to do something is like yeah. magical. But there's a part of me that knows that that's absolutely not true. Correct. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I'm about, I'm, we're, we're staring into death, ladies and gentlemen. I'm about to get into a car in a few minutes, you know, after sure. this is over and drive and risk my life again. Um, yeah. and it's we, always a risk. Yeah. It's always a risk. And I, I think where I was, I was thinking about when I started thinking about the, the whole topic of the price or, you know, you and I had this conversation about um, you know, the topic is the price of fame or is it the cost of fame? And there's this idea of like, well, you know, I don't know which is which is worse. You know, there's a price you pay, which is there's that. But then I started thinking like, well, what do you give up? Yeah. And and like the the idea that like, um, when it, when I was teaching high school, I would talk to students about we would talk about um, how you express yourself through your choices. And one of the things that we, we, we touched on was, you know, if you don't like, um, if, if, if a company is supporting something that you don't agree with, well, don't spend your money there. Yeah. You know, find out where, you know, find somebody where you want to spend, you know, where you spend your money and where you spend your time are the two greatest pieces of, uh, uh, the two most powerful elements of anybody's lives. So price is intentional. Price is intentional. Pay, paying a price is intentional. Yep. And wh- how you choose... Yeah. Is that's the important part. And so like, you know, I think about and, and and the idea about the guitar is like, you know, well, your time has to be an investment. Like all these years of practicing. Like you know, you've been listening to the June Star back catalog. Yeah. And there is a direct correlation <laughs> between my first record and my last record of like growth. Like and, and like, you even repeat songs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you are not repeat songs. You are revisiting. Revisited stuff that yeah. is like, oh, you know what? I play this so much better now than I yeah, did Yeah. And then. it's evolved and changed because you've invested your time in it. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, the, uh, and that's the investment of the work. It's not the investment. Of, like people who are like, if you slog your life away because you want to be famous, you're an idiot. Because that fame is, as Amy Winehouse finds out, as everybody finds out, that it's it's fickle and it's fleeting and it's only for a momentary it, it's only for a flicker of, of not even like a, a moment it's a nanosecond because I mean like uh, you know Britney Spears might ha- she might I think she has a comeback coming up soon or something like that that's what I hear which I'm like I'm really it's excited like the about the fourth comeback right and nobody cares and <laughs> now that we have once again let me get on my soapbox about decontextualization of our society through the playlist generation there's no there's no there there anymore yeah like who so what like so what like everything nothing has been done before and er, nothing new is ever going to happen that's that's where we live we live because hollywood can't create a new freaking story so we have to reboot you know lethal weapon did that get rebooted i don't know everything gets rebooted (laughs) like it's just like you got to be kidding me 
Like, oh, because this new generation, you know, that movie was terrible back then. We're going to remake it. Like, why are you remaking it, dude? Could you come up with something new? You know? How did you feel about the Ghostbusters reboot? I didn't see it. Hmm. Um, And maybe I will see it at some point when it's it's an Amazon Prime. Yeah. I'll probably watch it on Netflix. But, like, I don't have a problem. I I don't, you know, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not... It's different. It's also, I think that's a commentary more on women in comedy and women yeah. in society. I think that's probably the the more important. Like to call that a reboot, I think is is disingenuous because it's a re it's a it's a reimagining. Yeah, that's what I felt like about you know? it too. Yeah, it's a, it's a new perspective. Then I think that's probably equally important for yeah. Uh, for 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 I'm I'm gonna say for men to see, but for women to see, yeah, and women to feel, um, because Ghostbusters what came out in 1983, 84, is when the original Ghostbusters came out, and that was a horrifying time in our nation, <laughs> yeah, um, and so the the narrative our narrative has changed, our culture has changed, and so that I think that kind of adapts to it, um. I I, uh, I I I certainly hope <laughs> that as we think about like how we invest our time in our stereo or in our narratives or whatever. I've lost kind of my thread. I was trying to get back on track with what I was saying before. About, okay, sorry. Before I do derailed you with. But reboot. Who are you gonna call? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Ghostbusters. Lady Ghostbusters. <laughs> Lady, that's right. Lady Ghostbusters. But I mean, to be honest, I. It, Shouldn't it just be Ghostbusters? Because we don't. No, I'm just. It, it they be, are. I'm be, being sarcastic. It it's should just, be gender neutral. It's just Ghostbusters. General neutral you. Ghostbusters. That's what it should be called. Gender neutral. Who are you gonna call? General gender neutral, neutral Ghostbusters. Gender neutral Ghostbusters. Yeah, let's get Ray Parker back. Let's get him to recut it. <laughs> and uh, well, well, whatever. So we were talking about like, and I think that is an investing inter- time and fame, and the difference between cost and price, uh-huh. because. You talked about both of those in your essay too. The I, the intentionality of how you're investing um, your time and and if your and if your goal is, even if your goal is to be famous, you are you have made a conscious decision. That's the price you're gonna pay. Right. You're gonna you know eschew relationships, um, and you know give everything over to rehearsal and talent and pursuing. And when we were talking about BoJack Horseman before and that, like there's this um, one episode where he loses two projects. Because they're pursuing basically what is going to make him even more famous or capitalize on the fame that he might potentially get from an Oscar nomination. Right. And they're using that as a bargaining chip. And he ends up losing important work on an indie film that would have served his you know, spirit and the spirit of the people who watched it and the people who created it. Right. And also important financial work that he might have gotten from like another big hit movie. Um and that's the price that he's paying, I guess, for fame. And then sure. the cost of it, what I was talking about, is like the co- the secondary cost of it is that like that's the unintentional, um, unpredictable. Right. Um, but now very, very predictable. Sure. Like the predictable cost of fame is that you um, we have this. Um, There's a 24 hour, 24 hour depreciation mode. That yeah. <laughs> it's like how. It's so strange. It's such a yeah. strange, it's such a yeah. weird it, world we live in. Which is why it's so funny. Like all those idiot kids who are eating Tide Pods. What is that about? Because I don't even know what's it's, going it's on. It's about stupid people doing stupid things. So, but but here's like, 
here's the funny thing like you know the youtube star like the you know it's you know i'm gonna get all these hits because i'm gonna you know put tide pods in my mouth and then you know die or poison myself or what or whatever it's like you know nobody's gonna care about that and 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 we could actually kind of predict it in about 72 hours it's over it's it's finished and now of course you've destroyed your you know what about that couple that the woman shot her boyfriend in the chest I didn't. What, what are you talking about? So there's a young couple. Um, oh what? No, go ahead. This is not a happy story. Oh. Um, there's a young couple, like 20 years old. 20. She's 20. He's 22. Whatever. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They have a couple kids together, and they're trying to get internet famous, YouTube right. famous, with and a bulletproof. They, the no, he he. Oh, he's older. Chal- he's gonna like the book is gonna stop this bullet, so yeah. she shoots him in the chest and kills him. Yeah. And the thing is, they had talked about it. Mm-hmm. It was premeditated yep. online, mm-hmm. um, and they were doing it specifically. They told friends and family that they were doing Tune it in. for fame, and because they wanted to become famous. And then somebody ends up dead, and she's going to have to go to jail for that. You know, yeah. like there is a huge cost of a very warped, weird. Like, can you? I don't even know if that's in the DSM. Um, Four. Is it four now? Mm-hmm. This um, a psychological. Uh, I I'm sure they're racing to figure that out because well, and part of that is because our technology and how it's affected our culture is, has changed so rapidly that we're 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 struggling to catch up. Like legally, we haven't caught up, and yeah. and culturally, and and from a uh, social mores, socially, we haven't caught up. Like, um, you know when you think about online meeting like two decades ago online dating was like losers yeah now it's like well that's how people meet now okay (laughs) because if you meet somebody you can't really have a conversation with them because they're looking at their damn phone and the way that people interact Mm -hmm. like the idea that um something that you would say over text is not perceived to be as as damaging as something that you would say to somebody in person Uh. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> We've got a little off the edge. That's okay. That's fine. There's no nice. l- It's fun. <laughs> it's, it's fun. fun. It's fun. It's fun. I want to thank everybody who's been listening. I just found out recently that we have people listening who are not related to us in any way. And <laughs> My dad hasn't listened to any of these. So <laughs> That's okay. I, I think most of my the CDs I, that I put out I, are still shrink-wrapped in his house. <laughs> he still loves you. I'm not saying he doesn't. Yeah. I'm just saying he doesn't listen. Um, so we're going to listen to, um, we're going to visit the part of the podcast now where we feature something that we think should be famous. Yes. And today's song was picked by Andrew Grimm. Yay. And I picked, um, it's a guy named David Childers who is out of, um, I think he's out of Rocky Mount, North Carolina now. And, um, he's actually doing a little bit better than we are. Uh, he was on Mountain Stage. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I was listening to some Mountain Stage podcasts and it was late at night and I was, I usually listen to. Um, one particular ambient record when I when I sleep at night, but then I I kind of started mixing it up listening to podcasts. Um, and, and I, you had a dream about David Childress. Well, it was weird. It's like it was kind of like a half dream, and I was like I was I was half conscious, and I was like looking around, and my I was like, oh, I know I'm listening to Mountain Stage. I was like, is that David Childress? Did we play a gig with him, or did you you've played a gig with? him I've played several gigs with him. Yeah. Um, I remember the the first June Star tour. I ever did. We played, we, I booked a show at the Cave down in Chapel Hill, which was a big deal to See, me. See, I think I've played a show with you or 
maybe through you with David Childers at the cave in Chapel Hill many years ago? Because I feel like I've played a show did with we him. Play, did we, I don't think we've played the cave together, have we? I don't think we have. I know that I've played the cave. Yeah, yeah. I've played but, the cave many, many times. Yeah. But he was like, uh, we, we got there and we had we were doing like three days out or whatever. And uh, and there was like a day in between I couldn't get. So it was, it was like well, we got to Chapel Hill early and uh, we were staying with Shane Poteet, the original bass player from, from June Star. And I was like, well, let's go to the cave and see what the cave's all about, you know, whatever. And we went there and we we saw them playing. It was David Childers and Eric Clover was playing guitar for him at the time, and uh, uh, who was in another who was in another band who ended up, you know, pie shop connection or whatever years later. But um, David was was playing, and I was like, I was like, man, that guy's. I mean, he was so good. Yeah. Um, and then sort of like became friendly with him, you know, whatever, and we exchanged emails, and I hooked him up with some shows in Baltimore, and. Um, He's a really good guy, and uh, I really just I, I've here's a guy who I think he's a lawyer. I think David Childers is a lawyer. Yeah, I think he's a lawyer, um, and he just there's a lot of storytellers who become law talkers. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a kind of like a um, a Spoon River anthology, Edgar Lee Masters type of thing. But I don't even know any of those words. You're Spoon smart. River, <laughs> I see, yeah, I'm smart. Oh. You're smart. You're yeah, smart. I, I stayed in school. Oh, you know, don't know. That reminds me of a Jesuit priest I used to know. Yeah. Father Jack D is going to be like, you're smart, but you're dumb. <laughs> you're smart, but you're dumb. You're smart, but you're so dumb. Was that when you were running around with the, with, with the Bowery boys? <laughs> yes. So, when I was a scamp. When you were a scamp, yes. When you were a wee little scamp. Um, so anyhow, uh, this is a David Childers song off of a live record that uh, he put out a few years back. And uh, I just really like David Childers a lot. I think it's, he, he's funny. Uh, this song is called uh, Mama. And, uh, oh boy. Hold on to your britches. Yep, yep. Here's, here's some David Childers. <laughs> well, Mama used to beat my ass And if I cried, she beat it twice She carried a gun and a razor Her heart was colder than ice She killed my daddy and twisted my heart I never had a thing she didn't tear apart She didn't like me too well my mama was a devil out of hell. My mama was a devil out of hell. Oh, and I knew she would kill me one day. So I got out quick as I could. Slept in the woods and I froze to the bone. Finally ran off with a traveling show. He wore a big old turban and he did magic tricks for the crowd. That gathered on the baseball diamonds That they had in all the little towns Well, he gave me stolen things to sell He seemed to like me pretty well Cause my mama was a devil out of hell Corn and super ate porn behind the carnival tent where he rented out the hoochie dancers to the geeks in the one and ten. He dressed us juvenile delinquents in Frankenstein skeleton suits, sent us out to give away tickets while he strutted in his rattlesnake boots. 
Well, I like the way the pretty women smell. They seem to like me pretty well. Cause my mama was a devil out of hell. My mama was a devil out of hell. My mama was a devil out of hell. Thank y'all. While we're recording. While we're recording. David Childers. Yeah. David Childers. I love his voice so much. He's got a great voice. Um, sorry, I'm just making sure Meg doesn't jump up on the computer. He's feeling a little frisky. Yeah. Well, it looks like uh, Mouse is very interested in your, in my in lunch. Your, in your lunch. So. Yeah, I really like that whole like you know I mean. Obviously, like the the writing thing, like um, the the turban and the snakeskin boots and like the it's Frankenstein so skeleton suits and and it's it's so fast too. It's only two minutes long. The song itself, it's really quick. So and I, that and also to have a live recording is that's a good live recording. Mm-hmm. It's funny, it's well written, and to hear other people enjoying it and you just know like. I don't know. I felt like it was. I was very much in the scene. Right, right, right. Yeah, and that's a that's a really great. Uh, I think it's called Live at the Backstop, is the is the name of that record. Um, and it's 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 got like fifteen, sixteen tunes on it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really good. So it's a whole show. Yes, yeah, whole show. So David Childers, take that, you magic, magic man, you. Thank you, David Childers. Yes. For. I'll, I'll. For law talking. Law talking. And talking law. There you go. He's walking the line. So let's see. Well, we're going to talk about the tour. Yes. The tour is actually like we had some new improvement. Whoa. <laughs> my chair just got pulled back by a feline. Yeah, Migs. Migs. You are going to destroy. Stop it. You're going to destroy this chair. Wait, I'm going to get a selfie with you. You're not, you're not getting a selfie, a selfie with him. You don't think I'm going to get it? You don't no. think I'm going to grab it fast enough? Oh. Oh, I almost got it. Almost got it. What's up, buddy? I got a blur of him. Okay. So, um, the tour. We have, we, thank you to Ralph Sordell from Optimum Audio. He is a sponsor for a show. Yep. A private house show for his parents. Yep. Which means that we're going to have some money to put in the tank, which is great. Woohoo! Money in the tank. Shout out to Ralph. Shout out to Ralph. Support uh, musicians. And uh, what else? Um, oh, and if you uh, need boutique audio services in the Washington D.C. area, yep, Optimum Audio, Optimum Audio, yeah, Optimum yeah. Amplitude, Optimum Attitude, Optimum Audio. Wow! I wrote a jingle for them once with um, Jen and Scott Smith. Huh. Optimum Amplitude, Optimum Attitude, Optimum Audio. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah, you should put it on the record. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then we uh, we also picked up Tulsa. Um, where are we playing is, in Tulsa? We're playing at the Mercury, the Mercury. I think it's just called the Mercury. In Tulsa. On a Monday. On a Monday night, we got a we got a half hour opening set. Woohoo! Pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. We're working on Dallas. Working on Dallas. Which would be the next night. Yep. We have a house concert at my friend Kent Walker's either place of business or his home on Wednesday in Little Rock. Then we go to Birmingham. Moonlight on the Mountain. Yep. And then that Friday is up for grabs because Nashville seems to be a little tough. Um, So I'm going to I'm going to do my best to see if I can find something there. Yeah. Or like maybe 
Is anybody listening in Auburn, Alabama, or oh, yeah. someplace in Mississippi, or, or Tennessee, Atlanta. or Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Atlanta. Hmm. I don't know if I know anybody there, but I'll see, let me see. You know what? I'll, I will get on the old IndieOnTheMove.com. Okay. And uh, try to figure it out. Maybe. That's a Friday, though, right? That's a Friday. I was going to say, maybe we could do Red Clay Theater with Eddie Owens, but that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And as you know, we're not famous. We are not famous. But well, you have a good relationship with Eddie. I do. I think Eddie's fabulous. Well, send him a, send him a note. I will. Send him a note. So, um, but everything uh, everything else is kind of falling into place. Yeah. So we're gonna have a fun time. I'm are like, we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we are. I think that I think we talked more about death and the end of time in this podcast than anything else. Welcome to Doom and Gloom Hour. <laughs> it's been kind of a weird rough week so um yeah, yeah. Well, what are you gonna do so you've been think, you know like we it's been on the mind because and like <clears throat> i don't know it's <sighs> just eat your lunch um, you, my goodness dear listeners i got so hungry during this podcast i had to eat my leftovers yep yep you know, I don't have anything to eat, and she's just blatantly mm, it's so good, it's so tasty. <laughs> so Multi-grain t- rice with ginger and edamame. Oh, I hate all that. And stuff. kale and oh, cucumber kimchi. Oh, is that a hipster salad? What is that? No, it's from a place called Brown Rice. Oh, Brown Rice, the yeah. hipster, 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 hipster restaurant. Okay, you guys can't see him right now, but he has a man bun on the back of his head. Andrew, I do not have a man bun. This is not a man bun. What is that called? It's called it's called uh, managing my hair. Ponytail in the back. This is not a fashion statement. This is not a fashion statement. Um, so anyhow, all right. Well, here we go. Ellen Cherry, where can people find you on the web? Like, if they listen to this podcast and they're like, you know what? I wonder where I can find more information about Ellen Cherry. Where you would, would they go? You would go to ellencherry.com. Oh, big. Ellencherry.com. And then if you wanted to be a subscriber for only $4 a month, you would go to ellencherry.com dot bandcamp.com and there you could find my music you could purchase it for your own digital archives i do have some print copies of cds left happy to send them to you especially for upcoming valentine's day gifts give your valentine a a, a, a valentine um do that what about you where can we find you well you can find uh my stuff at uh, junestar.com june j-u-n-e-s-t-a-r.com uh, I, too, have a subscription service at uh, junestar.bandcamp.com uh, forward slash subscribe. $5 a month gives you everything that I do. Um, we got a new record coming out in April. and It's really good. It uh, apparently is, is uh, it's a statement, one would say. And then um, I also post a song a week. This year I'm doing, 20, I'm doing 52 public domain songs. Uh, I am one week behind, however, so there's going to be a, a two for tomorrow. Um, I got to work on those. Um, but uh, also, last year I wrote 52 original tunes. And, ooh, and you know what? That's insane, dude. You, you know what's coming up next, you know, in two weeks? Bomb. February album writing month. Ellen Cherry, are you down for the challenge? I'm going to come up with a new um, definition of the acronym for myself, which is failure always white male. <laughs> failure wow. always with me with me <laughs> with music with music 
Um, that's so putting a negative intention. I always try. Last year I started the essays about the car wreck and that was good. I got like eight of them done then. And then I added a couple this year. And so. I'm gonna say that you, what you should do. What should I do? I mean, I don't want to mansplain too much, but here I am. Um, a man. No, I, I think that uh, think about like think about those the backing tracks you're doing for your essays, right? Um, I would pick a drum loop, a drum loop, three chords, and the truth. That's all you need. Yep. You know, that and don't worry about lyrics. Do the do the music first. Just do you know verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, verse, chorus, chorus, or something like that, and just come up with some random things and then force yourself to write within that parameter. What if I did chorus, 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 bridge, chorus? Ooh. How about pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, pre-verse? Chorus line. Chorus. <laughs> Start kicking your heels up. <laughs> One singular sensation. <laughs> I don't even know that song. Was it? What? It's a musical. That's what we're listening to on tour. Oh, good Lord, we are not listening to that. Oh, okay. Well, anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Why Aren't You Famous podcast. We are going to uh, We have proved off. once again why, are, why we aren't famous. Why we aren't famous. And, 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 and you, sh- you should not be famous either. No. Let's all be obscure together. Obscurity forever. Woo! Bye. I don't even know who you are.